He's James Collins. He is Alec Cranston. And this is the Matter of Facts Podcast. The Matter of Facts Podcast brings you the unsung heroes, the unsung stories, news and happenings from across our wonderful city that you maybe thought happened but didn't quite know the truth behind. And get you all in the loop on what's going on, what's to come, and what can we be prepared for. Welcome to Matter of Facts, the first recording of 2024. I'm here with my esteemed co-host, Mr. James Collins, in the Podstarter studio on, is it Nora Bernard? Is that the name of the street? Yep, Nora Bernard in the north end of Halifax. Very excited to be here. We have a special guest today. Uh, We're going to dive into the Reddit Roundup as we usually do. I'm just thrilled to be back and really kickstart 2024 for the matter of facts. James, great to see you. And a happy new (laughs) year. Yes. And that's how we ended off. That's great. That was really smart thinking. How was your holiday break? How was your uh, Christmas? How was your whatever you celebrate? How was it? It was good. Yeah, we had a very quiet one this year. You know, we have a big Christmas Eve party every year. That went ahead. So mm. we we normally get about 2,000 people to that. Oh, we yeah, we only had 1,900 this year Whoa. Uh, because of all the sickness. No, in serious, we had everybody descend on us. It was great. And and um, I didn't get sick. Everyone was sick. I know you had some stuff flowing around after the yeah. holidays. And uh, everybody we knew, like, it was a bit of a joke. Was I would just say to people, have a great holiday and I hope you get better soon because chances are they were going to be sick. Yep, 100%. We, we stayed well and lucky. I know that you were, you escaped the country. We did escape the country. Not, no, legally <laughs> and they didn't elope. Yeah, I know they're planning a wedding. No. So you went away and wedding planning for you is in full swing. So 2024 is looking good. The 2024 is looking good. We, uh, so yeah, we went away, but yeah, just going back to the sickness, we were supposed to have a party as well on Boxing Day. James and Jen, you guys were going to come. I texted him in the morning to say, what time should we stop by? We had so many people come in and then Jenna and then woke up. And he just... selfishly got food poisoning. Yeah, Jenna got so sick. I was fine. So I ended, up, I ended up just eating. There was a bunch of food and stuff. So I had a lot to eat that night on my own. But uh, we went away, went to Dominican Republic. We didn't get sick there. Not of natural causes. I mean, of course, you feel a little groggy each day, as you should. Apparently, booze does something to you if you drink too much does of it. does something like that, yeah. you know. But the resort we were at is where we're getting married next year. Um, so we got to do a little walk around, check out the different wedding venues and meet some of the coordinators. So we're really excited because um, the wedding's going to be January one year from now. So the planning's in full swing. Uh, we're booking it, I think, this Friday. Invites going out, all that good stuff. So Can I make one request? Oh, duh. I mean this with love. Okay. Please don't have a crappy wedding. Oh, okay. Please don't. I've Listen, been to man. enough weddings. I'll and try I my won't best. tell, I won't name on here who it who they are because I've been to some really wonderful weddings. I've also been to some really shitty weddings. James. So, like, I have schlepped my butt to god knows where over the years with expensive <laughs> christmas gifts in the truck with expensive hotels to hang around with people i don't really like to just have a generally awful time so my only request we would love to come to the dominican republic but please don't have a crappy wedding now one of the best weddings i've ever been to is actually and it's not because i was the best man but my brother's <laughs> we- my brother's wedding was he lives in trondheim in norway and uh, i'm not a guy who gets inebriated very often very very few times in my life i like a drink with the best of people socially um but that was one of those paralytic events in my yeah. life and we um we paid they paid it extra for the uh the dj to stay and we it was june and we started uh requesting christmas music with the dj and it ended with with all the british guys on the stage singing oasis it was a wonderful evening and then my brother at the time he he's a very successful phd academic now but he was a, he was a wee little 20 uh, something year old back in the day and he was a tour guide so the morning after the wedding, my brother hired the tour bus company he was working for, where he was a tour guide, to give us a tour of the local area. That is the last thing you want to do four hours after you finish drinking. <laughs> so we've still got photos of all of us on this tour bus touring around Trondheim about eight o'clock in the morning. We'd all been drinking until four o'clock yeah. in the morning. Ooh. You've never seen 35 zombies on a bus. Mm. Um, please replicate something to do with that because it was a wonderful wedding. I promise it's going to be good. Jenna and I are very like, we're very hosty, host-like. Like, we want everyone to have a good time. Like, we care more about everybody else having a great time. We will do a lot of the typical stuff, but we just want a party. Like we want, there, essentially we want this to be a week-long party 
a one a, a, an hour long shower and with I, guys. Exactly. And then there's a one 15 minute span where we stand in front of everybody and never wants to be quiet 15 minutes. And that's it. Other than that, it's a parody. That's I the, love you, Alec. I love you, Jalen. <laughs> that's the way I, I vow to do this. But no, I, it'll be a good time. It's a pretty wick. I'll, I'll send you the link to the, where we're going so you can do some research on it. But it's a pretty sweet spot. Well, what's the name of the resort? Uh, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Punta Cana. Love it. It's it's pretty sweet. It's about what is it, 14, 15 pools. That and many bars, the casino. And all of our listeners are invited too. So just uh, give, yeah, like, we'll give you the dates. In, yeah, also near the RSVP link. Uh, so that's 2025. We, we got a, Alex got a big year. He's got an expensive year coming mm. up. Okay, so flipping the switch to our uh, host segments. Um, so we don't have an insane as the crane today, but we, we, is implore, is that the word? We implore you. We beg as well. We, <laughs> we beg. beg. Please do some stuff we that are, we can mention. We are on our knees for you right now to get out there and do something insane, something crazy. We think an- another crane, something should happen with another crane to keep the segment kind of yeah, in check. You don't have to knock the crane thing. over, just something with a crane. Yeah, maybe maybe replace Woody with with a crane at the mall next year. Yeah. Uh, or, or a bird. In fact, we could easily pivot to the crane, the type of bird. Oh. Or, or Crane Lake Drive in Bayers Lake. If you could go to Crane Lake Drive and do something that's that's, that's legal but fun, maybe a flash mob or, or, or flash of lights, oh, yes, and then we'll repurpose the little jingle. Mm. Insane as the crane, Lake Drive. Insane! as the crane like drive and we'll just get that done then we can like multi-purpose stuff we could really evolve this year 2024 the evolution of the insane as the crane Uh, we let our listeners down they think it was to do with the crane that came down during hurricane dorian and we finally admit no one big joke some lonely bird it's just a crane uh we'll get a crane in here next time a live one so no one's seen as the crane but we implore you to do something crazy so we can talk about it next month However, we are still going to talk about our Reddit roundup. We have two doozy topics today. To and we should play to. that jingle. Here it comes. Let's go with our first one here. Well, uh, we're going to start putting links to Reddit roundup because I've just realized um, for 2023 and stuff, we, we don't really want people to go and find it we'll give them we'll give them links perfect um this first one comes to us courtesy of rogue rogue elemental 2001 i'm famous for not being able to say these names i love their names yeah um nothing says grand reopening like discount broth now you'll need to click on the link to see this but we basically have a photograph outside a superstore i don't know do you know what superstore it is i didn't At do barrington it. street oh barrington street yeah. okay and it's one of those glow signs if you're local you know what a glow sign is and it basically says uh, grand reopening and then underneath no name broth member price 99 cents <laughs> so for some reason they've they've used the sign for two purposes number one it's to announce the grand reopening of the grocery store. And the second is not only to, to advertise a product, but to advertise their no-name broth, a discount version of the oddest thing they could. Clearly, someone was effing with them. Some middle <laughs> manager on a night shift said to some kid who didn't give a you-know-what about his job, go out there and put something underneath the grand reopening sign. And I will tell you, I just thought of something I will tell you in a minute. And they decided on no name broth. Now, Alec, we got some comments. What do you think? Uh, I just th- I, what I laugh at, and I got some comments I thought were funny. And I, I, what I laugh at is just like that decision had to have been made, and maybe it was made at a meeting. So my question is, like, at that meeting, like, whose whose bright idea was it to be like? Someone probably proposed the question. Hey, we have the grand reopening. What should we have on sale? What should we do uh, a promotion? What do you guys think? The whole and store, and this is what store. we chose. Everything we got. No, no, no. We couldn't have did uh, two for one on chips or three for one on chips or some crazy deal on, on cookies or some crazy deal on produce or chicken or beef is $5, no matter how big it is. No, 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 no. We want broth. Broth was a 99 cents. Someone said in the comments, it's they couldn't even do soup. It's not even soup. Not even soup. It's that bad. It's 99 cents, right? 99 cents. Not bad. Yeah. But- the funny part is whoever brought that idea up, no one questioned them. No one said, hmm, well, that's a dumb idea. Why would we do broth? It's our least sold item. It's just sitting there. Maybe that's why they did it. Everyone just let it happen. So I I, I stand with what you said where I think it was some somebody who doesn't care and there was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw up broth. If I was given the decision, if someone came to me and I worked there and I, I didn't give a, give a hoot, they said, choose what you want for your you know for your big deal or whatever i'd probably do something like that too i would do something like something really really dumb like a single bottle of water like or just something random like or get the most expensive item and so it's half price so it still is really expensive like the candy canes we discussed last month 
But Reddit would be a typical thing. Um, I'm not sure if this one will make the final edit of the podcast, but Risky Flintstone put, no, 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 this is PC brand imitation broth. The no-name gruel was on back order. Hey, broth, that's almost soup. I think down there somebody else put, no soup for you, to all of our Seinfeld fans out there. Reddit just has, you know, it's, it, the, the things that you should be discussing, the serious issues on, on Reddit, go nowhere. The best people don't come out, but you post this kind of random garbage and, and just the most hysterical people come out of the woodwork and oh, start posting. This one guy, turd eye, turd dash eye. There's said, a lot of feces-based names. I know, and he or she said it was actually a great deal. Elsewhere, it's two bucks. So not bad, 50% off. Yeah, someone here saying, no joke, I totally go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see what they're doing. Hey, it's soup season. Everyone's saying, that's hey, that's actually a pretty good price. And now everyone's talking about how much soup they make. Plush Sandioso says, since you can't afford the real thing, enjoy some cheap chicken water. Oh. Uh, yeah, then we know that somebody else says, broth gives them acid reflux. Oh, I saw that one. Looks like broth is back on the menu, boys. Um you guys, so click, click the link and take a look at this. It's yeah, hopefully it's, people it's are adding some more just... comments. Although by the time we record, it's early January now. It was uh, 25 days ago, so it's probably done. But it, it's uh, it's pretty funny. And just think about how that could have came to be. I just find that hilarious, the chicken broth. But it is a good deal, apparently. It's probably in their flyer, too. So as a little plug for the Barrington Street Superstore, which I used to frequent quite often when I used to live above Daryl's restaurant, get down there and get your broth. Well, that was our discount broth. Yes. I like pretending he's interested there. Little bastard. I was interested. <laughs> I'm pulling up the next one. Look, I'm pulling up the, the next Reddit roundup. Here's for the cameras. I have it up. You got to do this, introduce this one because I'll tell you, I, I sorted our posts by the top of this month and I thought I found some hilarious stuff and I sent Alex some suggestions and he fired this one back and I was like, we, we don't want to talk about the Costco return policy. And then I opened up the thread and I think I snorted my coffee. It's hilarious. It came out of my nostrils. So we'll put the link in the show notes, but... This is from, uh, it's on our Reddit Halifax, Minute Mating. Uh, so Costco has the best return policy. It's a picture of a broken down uh, shed. So they said, just wanted to share in case anyone has an option of has the option of buying something from Costco, they should. They have a two-year warranty on almost everything, and you can return pretty much anything with no questions asked. They bought this plastic shed, and it is in shambles. It is shambled eggs. Uh, in 2022 and returned it today after it collapsed for a full refund. They do make you bring back all the pieces. It actually is like destroyed. Like it's full of dirt. It's shattered. And Costco's like, no, no, we'll take it back. What are you going to do with it? I guess they put it back together. I don't know. Um, it's a used model. <laughs> it's a used model. Exactly. And of course, the comments had a field day. But before we get to the comments, we do like to kind of figure out our own opinions on this. Alec, what do you think of Costco's return policy, assuming you're a member? And if you are, are you a Gold Star member or are you an executive member? I used to be an executive member until I realized it meant nothing. Uh, and I'm a Gold Star member now. I think I'm just a pauper at Costco. No, I think we're just a Gold Star member. Uh, Jenna has a business one from her mom that we use as well. Did you get a further to... discount? Is that I don't right? know. I don't know if we're supposed to say that or not, but we do. Well, you used to have it. Yeah, we <laughs> used after to the have podcast it. goes out. But we get my my dad has the gold star. Oh, is that the Uber like Uber driver? Uber driver Todd. Hey, I was going to mention yeah. uh, Todd. Todd, Todd Cranston, Halifax is best. Extend Uber driver. Yes, sir. Um, we have a busy Christmas running people he had around. A very busy. New Year's Eve was crazy for him. Yeah, he made enough money in New Year's Eve to set him up for the whole year. They're calling him Four Tire Todd now, aren't they? Four Tire Todd. That's what I heard out there. Four Tire Todd. Four Tire. Mention Todd. the name Alec. He charges you double all that stuff. Oh, exactly. Throw up on the back seat, half price. Yeah. Okay. Bingo. So sorry. Go ahead. So so you I, you illegitimately have um, access to Costco at a level that you shouldn't. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So of course I like this return policy thing. I'm I'm a. I don't like, I mean, if, if I don't like buying things, if I think I might return it, like I'm, I, Jen and I always disagree on this is she always like, well, we'll buy that. And if it doesn't work, we'll just return it. Like, it'll be like a complicated order to like, order like this big thing, like a coach or a like, baby. A, ooh, can we return it? Uh, uh, a big coach or a coffee table or whatever. I'm like, Oh, like, you know, cause if it's expensive, you want to make sure it's the right one. And she's, you know, she'll be like, Oh, well, you know, we'll just return. It. I'm like, well, no, like, I don't want to go through the hassle of returning stuff. Um, because a lot of people are like a lot of companies will be a little stingy, right? Like they're a bit stingy. I find IKEA is pretty good for returning stuff as long as you bring everything. 
they're usually pretty good with it. But if Costco, sorry, has I that, just need to return it. I couldn't put it together. Exactly, caused my divorce. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> putting um, this putting this shelf together caused my wife to leave me. I need to return it to imagine, get it back. Imagine going there and telling them that as a joke. Just being like, yeah, this Costco like, will probably say, "Great, you put your credit card in." Yeah, exactly. So they at Costco knowing that you can return stuff like that is great. So I, I mean, I don't know why I would, I, w- I would disagree with it. I mean, I like it. I like the idea. I haven't done that yet, but I'm big on buying something and not that I don't anticipate I'm going to return. If I think I might return something, I don't bother. You're the, you're the sensible consumer. Sensible. Consumer. I mean, Costco. I'll be honest. We, we used to shop at Costco a lot, and then we didn't shop at Costco for years, and now we're back at Costco. So, um, I, I don't like it. If, if my wonderful wife Jen wants to go for me, I'll rapidly say yes. I love going for propane. Propane there is great. Like now, even still like 12 bucks, you got to fill up and it's going to cost you 35 at the gas station. The whole process of Costco, for me, Bayers Lake is the closest. Getting off Chain Lake Drive into that thing, damn nightmare. Parking nightmare. There's about 50,003 parking spaces. You still will only find one behind the building in the rain. Mm. Um, And then it's just pushing the big cart around the warehouse. I I hate it. I do like the samples, but I don't eat the samples this time of year. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a big germaphobe. I don't want samples people have coughed over and fiddled around with. You know what I mean? Don't fiddle with my food before I eat it. Have you discovered the dill pi- the dill pickle salad, the dill the dill salad at Costco yet? The, in the little bag? In the bag. Yes, absolutely. Jenna gets it all the time. Oh my God, isn't that great? That's yeah, like the best thing all ever sold in Costco. Oh, yeah. And I, it's funny you mentioned the, the snacks. We went uh, before our Boxing Day party, which never ended up happening. And I hate going to Costco. I, let me just set that out there right now. I don't like going to Costco, but Jenna drags me there, and I'm a good, you know, I'm a good fiance. I go, but I don't like it. I have a terrible time. I hate moving that big cart around. No one knows how to walk in there, <clears throat> including Jenna sometimes. And I'm running into people and running into walls. So that time I went before Boxing Day, she took the cart, and I went to every single station that had a snack and got food. I tried every single one. No need for lunch. Every single one. And I still was hungry. I'm not going to pull into Harvey's in the parking lot, although you probably went to Dartmouth Crossing, right? Where did we go? Well, we were going to get a hot dog, but we actually got out of there in good times. So I was like, no, 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 let's go somewhere legit now. We don't need a hot dog, even though it's only $1.50. Anyway, There's a new one opening at Peggy's Cove, actually, Costco. Really? No. Oh, my <laughs> It's not. You got me there, man. Imagine that Peggy's Cove lighthouse with with a Costco next to it. So you hate it too. Let's see what Reddit thinks. Yeah, I'm pulling up my comments here. Um, th- there's you know there's some interesting ones. Oh, there's an educational one. The first one I'm looking at, Adventurous Mix A four eight seven eight says completely agree with the Costco return policy being great. The thing about Costco is that a great deal of their items uh, are in the store on consignment from the suppliers. Costco doesn't own the stock, so that that that's you know part of the reason they take this stuff back. Um, it appears that somebody else who was in who's on this thread actually saw them returning it. Did you see that comment? I did. I, P0NS was the um, was the username, said, LOL, I saw this today when I was leaving and I had no idea what the it was. Good job. You have to click the link in the show notes and, and look at the picture look to, at get, these. Like, to us, get this. Us explain them doesn't do it justice when you see their actual, the emotion in these posts. Like, Nat, Nakmue, Nakmue, 18, said, he returned, he or she, Returned a heavily used two-year-old fire pit. Rusted, two years old, crap. He said Costco didn't give a bleep. Did not care. This is the most, the funniest comment for me. This is where the, my my coffee almost ended up back on my monitor via my nostrils. Was uh, is two two somebody long jumping yam nine seven eight zero said uh, when you say they made you bring all the pieces back, did they just quickly build it at customer <laughs> service to verify? And somebody underneath seven seascapes commented, "Sorry, looks like you're missing one of the thirty two washer C." <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> this is a missing piece. Uh, I I laughed at this one. It's just a simple conversation. So. Uh, WLSG87, so we'll slug87 said, what, <laughs> sorry. So we'll show the picture maybe. We can maybe do a reel or something, but the, it, the, the shed is in shambles. Was there anything wrong with the shed or it just didn't work for your application slash location? And responsible Nat6179 res- responded, well, as you can see, the shed is complete, completely collapsed to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how somebody went and demo- like, like if I was going to 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 me, the amount of time to take it apart, put it in my car, drive it to Costco, go through the hassle, I I would just keep the shed. But but there wasn't even like we see we used to seeing ludicrous comments here on on Reddit, and it's part of the reason we feature the Reddit Roundup segment. But there was actually a really sensible thread that continued, um, like literally twenty comments deep. 
The initial comment was just, Plastic Shed isn't going to cut it round here now. Glad you got it all back, though. That's sweet. Build, only way. Did it years ago. Um, this whole thing broke out about how, you know, that kind of shed is just not suitable for Atlantic Canada anymore with what our climate's doing. Yeah. So if you want to be educated, I think that was a good good thread to dive into. Yeah, get in there. And if your shed falls apart from the high winds today you and you got it from Costco, take it back. Somebody else commented here, Alec Cranston would have not bought the shed in the first place because he's a sensible consumer who would have foreseen the fact he may have returned it and would never have bought it. There's also another comment here from uh, uh, Jen underscore Starkey underscore Tucker underscore underscore Big Balls Tucker said, uh, I tried to return my husband, but it would not let me. So now I am stuck with him. She's she's so mean like that with 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 Costco and returning me. She's tried to return me so many times. Every that's why I don't go with Jen because she tries to return Hi, me. We're gonna return this guy here. Can you guys take him? And the worst is the price. They're like looking at him. What was he like? Twenty five bucks? No, they said he was equivalent to the price of a uh, broth. At, of uh, broth, Super exactly. Oh, there's a good one. You tie that together yeah. well. We had a very visual Reddit roundup. Didn't we this month? You really will need to to click you our links. Go to the links, um, and uh, you know if we do some reels, we did it one time with the porta potty. We'll put a photo up of the of what's going on, and then you can really understand. Well, this month, as we teased earlier, we are thrilled to be joined by Steve McClellan, the financial engineer. Now. Steve is more than just a financial expert. He brings a unique perspective to the world of wealth management as a financial engineer, author, and a sought-after expert in financial and tax planning. What sets Steve apart is his approach to finance, one that demystifies complex jargon and focuses on straightforward, effective strategies. Steve understands that dealing with money is more than just numbers and graphs. It's a deeply emotional journey. And Steve's passionate about guiding individuals through the challenges of not just making money, but more importantly, keeping it amid taxes, fees, and other financial hurdles. Steve's story, though, is not just about finance. It's also a personal journey from being an engineer to the founder of Design Your Future Financial Services, an independent firm dedicated to empowering consultants and business owners with sound financial advice. Steve's life outside the office is just as rich, filled with the joys and responsibilities of being a devoted husband and proud father of three. Steve's mission is clear, to help you, yes you, achieve a perfect score in your financial life. How was that, Steve? Did you like that? Wow. Out of all the introductions, (laughs) that was probably the one that was given with the most Welsh with Access. the most Welsh, the, the most, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully hopefully people understood it amid this thick Welsh accent. I actually don't have a thick Welsh accent. But So Steve, welcome to Matter of Facts. We, we are thrilled to have you on, but we have to ask that first question. We see you everywhere. We see you on LinkedIn. You are the financial engineer. Take us through why you are the financial engineer. Hey, appreciate being here on this beautiful Nova Scotian day. Beautiful except for the rain and the wind <laughs> and the temperature. A little windy. Uh, the financial engineer. I, I joke around a little bit that I'm a I'm a recovering engineer. So okay. I uh, I grew up in Antigonish, sometimes known as the Little Vatican, and uh, lucky enough to travel a lot. Became uh, quite an expert in the oil and gas industry. But when I moved back here to Nova Scotia, it was uh, it was career suicide. Really, uh, I, I underestimated the amount of emotions and um, people being very scared about what. Not what's not here. Kind of a Nova Scotian thing that sometimes we're we're afraid of what's not here or afraid of change. Um, but with all those world travels I had, um, talked a lot about money. We don't talk a lot about money here in the East Coast, but working in the states, the topic was brought up in Alberta. Geez, that's almost what everybody talks about. And I felt uh, I knew more than the average bear, so I went into the the financial industry very naively. And I remember my uh, mentor saying, look, you're not an engineer anymore. You're a financial advisor. Forget that you're an engineer. But once an engineer, always an engineer. And now I market myself as the financial engineer. The. Yeah. The financial engineer. Okay. It's quite the sea change there. Big time change. Yeah. Um, and, and I joke, you know, uh, being the recovering engineer, do you guys know many engineers? So, Some of my best friends are engineers. Yeah, I know. Engi- and, and they're a unique breed. So it you know, in the commercial real estate world, I actually find, and I mean this with love, some of our most challenging clients have been engineers because there is a, there is a level of focus and a level of analysis and a level of um, trying to change minds, which is which is very tough, very stubborn. I have a but, lot of respect. Yeah, for engineers. well, without I, engineers, nothing well, would be here. I just find here. Their, their pro, like, 
problem solving capabilities. Like if I'm in a room and I know there's an issue coming up, I'm, I'm hoping there's an engineer in the room. Is there a doctor a general, or an engineer? <laughs> yeah, just like a general problem. They usually have something. Like one of my best buddies, uh, he's an engineer. Uh, he's around my age, 26. And whenever we have an issue, if we're in a group or something's broken or we don't know what to do with this, he always just finds some way to do it. And we always rely on him. It's great. He's a very handy guy and very smart. So a lot of respect. Is this all true what we're saying here? Well, that's, you know, a lot of times when I ask engineers to describe an engineer and you, you get different answers. One actually said solver of world problems. And then when you ask the general public, they'll usually say stuff like you guys, very kind, uh, analytical, smart. But then when you get down to a kind of nerdy know-it-alls and uh, um, that's where I've kind of tried to change a little bit. I, I agree with you. Very analytical. We like to do things ourselves. Um but a lot of times, not you'll never hear an engineer described as entertaining or the you know <laughs> the life of a party. And I think I really had to work on that. Where I first treated finances very much like math, but realized no, it's it's more emotional than anything. And we're going sense. to grill you on that. And Alec yeah. is going to start grilling us. Do you want me to start the grilling? Okay, we need <laughs> to see your passport. No. Um, the, 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 like when I when I first met you, Steve, I think I asked you this question over over lunch, and it's it's worth us bringing up now. If you go onto Reddit or you hang around in a bar or you even hang around at the water cooler, it appears today nobody has any money. Everything's so expensive. Everybody's so poor that the delta between the average person and the rich elite has grown. The rich elite are evil. They're getting worse. They're e they're eating the world from the inside. If we ask a guy like you who has a better handle on this than most, and we really boil it down, what is the boots on the ground average state? of the average Haligonian's finances right now? You know, I tried to, when we were having lunch there, I tried to look up some research on Haligonians. And it's funny, when, when Canada does research, they either lump the Maritimes into one territory or one province, and maybe we should amalgamate. You know, that's, that's a conversation for another time. Or they don't include the East Coast a lot, right? But from my experience, what I've seen is we don't talk about money very much. And when we don't talk about something, you fear to understand. You, you, you tend to start fearing something you don't talk about and then it becomes a big elephant in the room and a lot of times you don't do the right things and you feel like you're not getting ahead, that you're, you're not doing the right things and it can be very stressful. And you talked about rich people being evil. That is, to me, ridiculous. And I've heard that several times. Big fan of Warren Buffett. I think he's, he's a fine individual, but I think money amplifies the person you are. If you're a good person, money can help you do great things. And, you know, I've seen that happen in, in here in the East Coast. Does that make sense? It does. It totally. And, and are we in the, the frame of mind or the state that most people think we are? The average person doesn't have two pennies to rub together and we're all going to get priced out of the world eventually. I, I don't think it's the case. I think it's just the general. No, I don't think it's the case either. I think what I've seen through this journey is those that you think are doing very well, the ones wearing the flashy suits and, and driving the expensive cars, they're the ones that are usually living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a guy come in the other day, staying on his jacket. Uh, you wouldn't look, by the look at him, didn't think that you could pinch uh, two pennies together, but he's got over $3 million just sitting there, right? I so, feel better driving a base level Nissan Sentra now. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all about, you know, creating this image for a lot of people, right? Just what you're saying, I, a funny example. And um, this, this guy stepped out of his apartment downtown Halifax in the summer. And he was wearing like big shaggy sweatpants, a big poncho suit, beard, long hair. Like he looked like he like he came off of the streets. And one person I was with was like, "Whoa, look at that! What's that? That homeless guy came out of there with that dog. What's he doing?" And I was like, "No, no, no! That's not a homeless guy. That's Chad Michael Murray, like the the famous actor, the guy from uh, One Tree Hill. He's he'll, he's here filming a movie or TV show, and he lives in this building." But and that's a guy worth probably millions of dollars coming out looking like that. He don't he doesn't care. He doesn't care how he looks. Meanwhile, like you said, there's a guy in the suit with the fancy BMW. You know, close one big deal, buy the BMW, never do another big deal, right? That that's sorry, that's what kind of no, what we uh, see this. We though, see this all the time in the real estate industry. We, we right? often have to show, and we're not going to get into any confidentiality breaches here, but we often have to take our clients' financials to landlords. Uh, and this speaks to, to your point, Steve. Totally is. You know, I, I jump in people who've got uh, every part that can hang off their truck hanging off their truck. 
wearing clothes look like they haven't been washed in 20 years and when we get their financials uh, and both personal and corp and and business it, it the amount of liquidity is mind-boggling equally we're told with people who are getting out of the $200,000 vehicle in the uh, the Duggars shop Duggars suit that they only bought. on the 70% off sales that's we when I go. he buys everything that's at Duggars here uh, that's when Sir I go. does now we look at these people's finances and number one they don't want to send the financials and secondly when they send them they don't meet the basic qualification to lease a commercial space so what you're saying in our experience rings true. Yeah, I've seen th those that are doing well tend to not really care too much what others think about them. Now, I'm not saying go and start wearing your pajamas downtown like we see all the time. <laughs> right? You got to have some That's only Sobeys on a Sunday night, yeah. just oh, Sobeys yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah. That's, I think, what we see and that's what I'm seeing is a lot of times, especially in today, it's never been so easy to be successful, but it's never been so easy to be distracted with Instagram, Facebook, social media, we're putting keeping up with the Joneses on steroids. So there's this facade out there that we have to be keeping on doing stuff. And who's getting new? What do you guys put on Facebook and, and Instagram? It's it's usually our best life, our vacations, yeah. which makes us feel then we have to go on these expensive vacations and, and get the nice cars and the nice clothes. But really those that seem to realize what's really important, focus more on that, clear their their minds from all those distractions out there and, and just get the job done and tend to do better better off financially. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So in focusing on, I guess, Haligonians in general or even Atlantic Canada, um, how would you say we're unique in our approach to managing money when comparing to the rest of Canada, the rest of the provinces? Where, I, From my experience, a lot of the other provinces, and, and most of my time I spent living was in Calgary. I lived down in the States, but they're always chasing the next dollar chasing the next thing, trying to get rich. It's all about getting rich for the point of getting rich. Where Nova Scotians, it's the thing I love about them and it's the thing I love, I hate about us. We're we're okay with the status quo, right? We're not out there wearing the flash, flashly um, big expensive clothes and, and trying to show off. We're very humble, and but yet proud people. The biggest difference I've seen between Haligonians, Blue Nosers versus the rest of Canada, we're we're more focused on having a good time and relationships, yeah. Versus then becoming rich. I definitely agree on that, and though sometimes that's worth more than all the money in the world, the relationships. Well, and yeah, and my question off the back of that there is. Does that mean that we don't plan like the rest of Canada? Do do people hit retirement and go, shit, CPP and whatever's in my minuscule RRSP and people have opinions on the usefulness of those? Um, like maybe we are more casual with our approach to things. Does that mean Nova Scotians are typically failing to plan? I do believe they are failing to plan. I think they are reliant more on the government. You, you hear it say often, people say they should be doing that, they should be doing that instead of taking control of their own lives. That is a very maritime thing. Um, and I think if we did just take small little steps, they're not huge steps, but just small little steps would be much better off. And instead of talking about all the potential Nova Scotia has, we'd be talking about all the prosperity that Nova Scotia has. And we, and we will get there, you think? I think we will. I, look, from when I moved back here in 2014, it's very different. And that's only 10 years ago. The changes that we've seen the pandemic helped us spread or speed things up by bringing in hard workers, people that left the East Coast to come back. And then, well, people from the UK and all over, there is a change. There's a Nova Scotia used to be known for saying no to business or no, 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 no. We are still a province of paperwork and red tape, but that's, there's something in the air that's changing. We're definitely coming back to that more entrepreneur state that we were probably famous for over a hundred years ago. Over a hundred years ago. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will kind of want to know, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there without sound financial advice or without a clear path forward or knowing, you know, what should I do? And there's a lot of people probably lost right now, um, just given the current state of everything. So for the average Haligonian right now, what action should they be taking today? What's something they can do today to improve their financial position or, or at least put themselves on that path for uh, improved financial success? Yeah, that that's a great question, and I think we're coming into a year of, I heard it described of bullets and ballots. You know, it's it's going to be a year of turbulence. I gave up predicting the future a long time ago, and I gave up being trying to be Warren Buffett a long time ago. But I do align myself with professionals and experts, and I'd recommend Algonians to do the same. Experts that have their best interests in mind. But with this year, 
I think if you're if you're to do three major things, um, one is to start investing in yourself. You know, know thyself. We are in need of leaders more so than ever, and now is the time to step up. And half the reason we're in this economic situation with the high cost of living is because of the weak leadership that we have out there. And that's not just Canada, but it seems to be happening worldwide. Step up, be a part of the community, be part of the solution, uh, figure out who you are. The other thing is AI is uh, 23, 2023 AI was introduced to the mass media or to the masses. We're only going to see more of that. Um, I think you need to master AI. AI is not going to replace humans, but those that are good at AI are going to replace those that are not good at AI. A uh, prime example is if you had your um, financial advisor who's been doing the same thing for the last 30 years and you get a new kid on the block that's using ChatGPT or whatever and does the analysis, they can find the trends. They're going to do a better job than that person doing it for 30 years. Maybe that's not a good example because most guys in the, uh, they're just selling mutual funds a lot of times versus Well, that's the question you must on. get all the time. Which mutual fund should I buy right now? It's like, there is a heck of a lot more to it. There is a heck of a lot more to it. And I would love to give you advice on what to buy and what not to buy. But I, I thought there was a lot of rules and compliance in the engineering world. It doesn't compare to the financial world. So. You have to become a client. And we say that to people yeah. all day long yeah. too. I, I always day. say number of meetings where I say, I'm kind of veering into becoming an unpaid consultant right now. And I would we would never make you do that on a podcast. Well, go, you know, you ask what to do. Everybody thinks that you're going to get rich off the stock market, but the stock market is only one way to to make money. There's I look at it in six ways, typically in Canada, to create wealth. One is your business or your source of income as an employee. Number two is real estate. You guys are the experts in that. Uh, three, I would say, for especially for business owners or maybe living benefits, if anything ever happens to you, you got to make sure that you got money coming in. Four is the investing or the stock market. That's what gets all the news. It's, it's very emotional. It's very easy to put on the news. It's a roller coaster ride. Five is, I, I'm a I'm the expert when it comes to a properly structured dividend paying whole life policy. Uh, very rarely talked about. You'll never get that kind of advice at a bank. And then six is the alternatives such as uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, other currencies, precious metals. I think it's going to be a very interesting year for Bitcoin coming up this year. You think in terms of regulation or um, performance? Performance, uh, yeah, you okay. think so? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, again, can't really give the advice. I think it's going to be an up and down year for stocks too. I don't know how it's going to end, but when do you think most people buy, including the buyer's financial advisor? And when do you think they sell? Well, at the opposite end of the cycle that they should be doing it at. Is they that should be doing it. And that's basically <laughs> just because we're very emotional beings. When we think that it's going up, we think it's going to continue to go up. And then when we think it's going down, we think it's just the end of the world. So we end up buying high and selling low, exactly opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. So- what should Hagolians be doing? It kind of goes back out of that diversified portfolio. Where do you think you're going to make most of your money? Where are you going to create most of your wealth? Is that a question? Yeah. To us? Something it tells you would be the whole life insurance side of things. Yeah, a lot of people say that because they think I'm trying to sell them a whole no, life. No, no, but I, mean, I, I, I read, is it, is it uh, Be Your Own Bank? Well, what's the famous book? Be Your Own Banker? Yeah, Be Your Own Banker. Be Your Own Bank. Yeah. I read that, uh, actually would have been last year at some time, uh, and, and it really opened up my eyes to the power of whole life insurance. And I think people, when they listen to life insurance, they just have this opinion that it's this thing that activates if I die and it gives my spouse some money. Uh, and I'll be honest, I was pretty naive to it before I read this book. Um, I, I see that as a major tool. Am I right? You're Was that the answer right. you were looking for? Or? It's really you. It's it's right, your business you. okay. or your source employment going from good to great. That's where you're going to create most of your wealth. The other ones that I just talked about are going to complement that wealth. The whole life, though, you don't have to worry about what's going on in the news, the elections or the markets. It just goes up continuously. It is a slow grind, but then it goes exponential with that compound growth. I, like Warren Buffett, say don't put all your eggs in one basket. But if you were to put all your eggs in one basket, a properly designed whole life policy is the basket I'd throw the majority of your eggs in.
Yeah, it's on. You know, the one is, for me personally is like on the list, and it, it's embarrassing to say it's been a year and I have not taken action. Uh, one of my things this year is: Am I going to look at myself twelve months from now with various things in life? Am I going to thank myself or kind of kick myself for not right. doing it? I don't want to be having this conversation with myself in twelve months' time. You you knew it was a vehicle um, that a year later would have been providing a lot more benefits and having done nothing. So, got to get on that one. And and <laughs> and my my eyes were opened up to that after reading this book and. This is Grow, Control, and Keep Your Money, the essential guidebook for consultants who want to make more money and pay less tax by our very own financial engineer. Now, I, I'm, I'm up to page 60. I actually stopped because I have some exercises to do. Okay. <laughs> no, I have some exercises which involve <laughs> my spouse. Uh, whenever this airs, anybody will know we have a very sick doggy right now at home and we, my wife and I are, are barely able to focus on anything. But I did want to add, I came across a really interesting quote. And uh, I'm going to ask you to expand on this. This was on page 57. It's just kind of funny. Just one of those things that stuck out at me was, was in personal finance, we overvalue math and undervalue psychology. Yes. That is a huge wake up call. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit more? Because when I read that, that, that was the one big cha-ching in the book for me so far was that realization that, yeah, I, that's exactly what I do. I, I put the mindset, the motivations aside and just think dollar, dollar, dollar. Years ago, when I started off in the the financial industry, I was giving a um, a client. I, you know, it was a referral. It'd be one of those things that you knock, you, you come up to bat, home run. She um, she wanted to talk about what to do with her bonus coming up. Uh, they had a lot of debt. We sat down with them. Her husband was a carpenter. They were sitting on so much equity on their house. It was, it was an, I was like, this is going to be an awesome plan. And I sat down with them and I showed them that if they follow this plan, within 10 years, they're going to have an extra $300,000 if they remortgage the house and pay off their debts. And they said no. And when I left that appointment, I was, well, I cursed them. I thought they were foolish. But then, you know, you're, you're driving home and say, what did I do wrong? And I realized I was focusing on numbers where it really comes down to emotion. So we have that elephant in the room when it comes to money a lot of times. People are afeard of it. I, I like my, my friend from Newfoundland calls it the moose on the table. But sometimes, you know, it's a very big elephant in, in a very small room. When you can get the realization that you are your number one asset, you are your major key to success. You need to start acting like it. And that's the psychology that you need. That that look, by by money is not evil. Money is actually can do a lot of good things. And it can help you become that person and do the things that you want. And when you have that kind of mind shift that I say it, the money shift towards a wealth mindset, it seems like making money becomes the easy part. It's the the keeping it. That becomes the difficult part down the road. Ah, spend, spend, spend. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going through all that right now because I got planning a wedding in the in the coming weeks. Just bought a house. There's a lot going on right now. But thankfully, my wife's an accountant and uh, keeps me in check. Because if it wasn't for her, <laughs> oh, it could be bad. It could be bad. I got spreadsheets in my dreams, man, from her. Which is great. Are they color coded? They are color coded. They're bolded. They're italicized. They need to be. Hey, I've had to update them every two weeks. At Jenna, you're gonna—I don't know if you listen to this or not—but thank you, thank you for all your hard work. I appreciate it. So, grow, control, and keep your money. Tell us about the the book, why you wrote it, what people can get, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna turn Alec over to, to grill you a bit more here. <laughs> uh, when I made the transition from the engineer to the the financial engineer, I like almost everybody in the financial advice. I was out there to help anyone and everyone. Uh, if you had a pulse, I'd, I'd be there to try to try to help or sell you an insurance or investment product. But I soon realized when you try to help everyone, you can't, you really don't help anyone, right? And you burn yourself out in the process. And with COVID and, and a couple of different things, uh, it really gave me the time to think, okay, who do I want to be associated with? What do I want to be known for? And who do I want to surround my time with? So really shaped my business around a lot where it went to more heavily on the financial planning, the value-based financial planning. And it, on my end, is quite labor-intensive. So I can't help everyone, and I got to be actually quite selective on who I work with. One of the ideas with the book is, well, anybody can afford the book. They can read it. 
they are proven systems that that actually work. No real fluff in there. Just very simple and easy to follow advice. And we are talking about, you know, making money and saving money and keeping it. It really comes down to habits. And and those habits are described in the book. It adds value to my clients, but it also, you know, anyone can read that book and, and put those practices, those habits into practice quite quite easily. Well, I'm enjoying it so far. So we'll um I'll reserve judgment till the end of the book. No, I'm kidding. I love it. I think it's great and I think everyone should read it. I think another thing I wanted to ask you about and um anyone that I've told I told I always tell everybody, oh, who's your next guest in the podcast? I told me you were coming on. And everyone I'd mentioned it to knew you from LinkedIn, knew your name from LinkedIn. Oh, I've heard of that guy. I've heard of the financial yeah, engineer. Yeah, kind of big, kind of big deal. I was going to say you're kind of a LinkedIn. He's the, the Ron Burgundy of I, LinkedIn here. I was with looking us today. at our, I was looking at my LinkedIn beforehand. And I think it was like two and a half years ago. You and I actually exchanged messages just about like it was about the future state of, of real estate or something like that in, in Halifax post COVID. And we had a bunch of back and forth, and um, and uh, we had a lot of mutual connections. And I looked, I looked at your profile before this. And so, what kind of, I guess, my question is. How have you found LinkedIn to work out well for your own practice, for your own business? And do you find that that's a very strong tool? Because we use it too. Um, but as active as you are, do you find it's really paid dividends? I think LinkedIn is a very powerful tool. You're, you're getting the right people on that. They're, they're usually business owners, those that take themselves serious. It's not about the Instagrammers and the TikTokers. Um, and I've met so many interesting people. Well, look at this. We're here together. Yeah. That's, that was based on LinkedIn. Uh, Sean Meister and... And a lot of other really go-getters and movers here in Halifax and beyond. I I, I love LinkedIn. Yeah, I enjoy. Trouble is actually meeting people though, isn't it? So so we Steve and I uh, were a couple of months ago. I was at an event, Sean Meister's event, and I was I was eyeing up Steve from across the room. And my wife said, "You have a crush on him? Go and talk to him." And I said, "Well, he's, in, he's involved in conversations right now." And Steve Himmelman was there, and then he, he joked. He said he's talking to another guy. I think that guy's getting in first. I was like, "Calm down." And by the time I got to the end of the room, you were leaving. So I slapped Steve on the back. I said, "Hey, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna call you at some point." And then we we spoke and, and we uh, we got together and had lunch. The the, the interesting thing with LinkedIn is existing in that online sphere. Um, and this event that we went to with uh, with Global Blue Noses and Sean Meister is wonderful. It's bridging that gap and actually bringing your LinkedIn profile into a room and your LinkedIn feed, sorry, into a room because we're used to seeing tiny little circular images of each other. And again, presenting that better that best side of our professional lives on LinkedIn. But um, Halifax has a unique community as you're seeing and, and I've had huge, huge benefits from LinkedIn. I'm sure you have too. You're, you're unmissable on there, your presence. I appreciate that. I put a lot of time into it, maybe too much time sometimes, but yeah. I see these go-getters, these these people that are making a difference and, and it's fun making that connection first on LinkedIn and then just just by being human on there instead yeah. of being a robot or uh, trying to sell your products, it goes a long way. So I find if you go into like using things like LinkedIn with the sole purpose of I'm going to go on here, I'm going to try and win business right now, I'm going to go make money right now, it's not going to work. In my, in my opinion, just like you were saying how the way Atlantic... Canadians work and Haligonians, it's all about the relationships. And it's a long-term play, I think. And, you know, getting to know different people via LinkedIn leads to stuff like this. It might not necessarily lead to business right away, but it leads to connections, which leads to more, which may lead to business one day. And if it doesn't, oh, well, more relationships. It's a long-term play. Yeah. And, and a lot of my clients, if, if I didn't get them from LinkedIn, they'll look at my LinkedIn profile and then that just makes the transition that much easier because they see what I'm actually about that I'm not just pushing insurance and mutual yeah. funds right <laughs> it adds that extra level of credibility right that's why we do the podcast too right it's oh, yeah. we it's hard for us to get direct business from the matter of facts podcast we don't do it for that there's we no ROI not, we measure purpose. No, we don't even talk no. about commercial real estate on here but it's just that extra little widget when we're pitching for listings or or tenant rep or or whatever it may be Oh, we also have this podcast. Have a listen. Just adds that extra layer. It's that transition from they look like a bunch of greedy, scammy shysters to, oh, no, they maybe are real people. Yeah. You know, that's what we do this. <laughs> so looking ahead, we're into the new year now. Um, you know, uh, we're not going to hold you to anything, but what what can we expect um, in uh, Atlanta, Canada for 2024? Well, I think we're going to see a lot. It's going to be a lot of up and downs. Uh, 2023 was an interesting year. And, we had a lot of bad weather with the fires and the, the storms, and I I think those storms are going to continue. And I'm not talking about the uh, global warming here, but 
There's going to be some economic volatility, I do believe. I think you're going to see in the stock market some up and downs. There's going to be divergence. What worked in the past is no longer really applying. We're coming to an end of an economic cycle. I also uh, think we got to focus on what makes us human. Uh, AI was mainstream there in 2023. I think it's going to get even more in 2024. And we really got to take care of making ourselves human. And I talked about leadership before. I think it's time for a lot of us to step up and become leaders and become part of our communities and make our communities stronger. And I also think we got to protect ourselves because there's going to be a lot more with the elections coming up. With AI, there's going to be a lot more fake news. I don't know if you guys, have you ever noticed that it's, it seems harder to get the truth or real information than ever before. Oh, hundred percent. And I think and that, the truth's always behind a paywall these days. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's only going to get worse in, in 2024, especially with the elections coming up. That's going to affect a lot of our psyches. We're going to feel like everything is, is against us, but if you can, again, protect yourself, have some systems and structures in place to clear out a lot of the noise and distractions out there and, and focus on, on yourself, becoming that better version of yourself, uh, helping others, and and just double down on your strengths, you'll be so much further ahead than those. I, I think we're going to start seeing, we're seeing it already, the gap between the haves and have-nots and the middle class is being pushed even more into the lower class and then the, the ones that are doing well, I think are going to do very, very well. And you have to choose what side of that gap you want to be on because the choice is yours. So folks have a lot of decisions to make, and I think you can help them, or you can play a big part in that for people. You've got the book, uh, Grow, Control, and Keep Your Money, which we will, our wonderful friends at Podsider will put a link to. So tell us a little bit about what people can do with um, you, accessing you, and design your future financial services, where they can find you online, uh, what the initial steps of a conversation might look like. And uh, please use this opportunity to plug yourself because you have provided us <laughs> with some wonderful information. It is the least we owe you at this point. Well, I appreciate being here. You guys are doing the right thing and, and you're making this province even better so keep on doing what you're doing if you want to reach out to me i guess the best way is to go to my website design and even better works too but design and even better and you can book a complimentary phone call with me it'll be a very friendly chat as you can see as an engineer i don't say big words the fact is i have a minor speech impediment so i keep things very simple and very friendly we'll just have a friendly conversation if i can help you we'll have another a discovery meeting if I feel like I can't help you, I'll point you in the right direction. So book the phone call and I'll be happy to help if I can. And if I can't, send you in the right direction. And read the book and follow you on LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate this, Steve. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed it, guys. It. Take care. Thank you. Go XCO. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Matter of Facts podcast. But you can get more of us. You can subscribe on any good podcast provider. You can follow us on Instagram at Matter of Facts Podcast. And for all that great feedback and abuse, you can send it by email to HalifaxPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can always find James Collins and I on the internet. Please do get in touch and we look forward to seeing you next time. 